We thank you for the opportunity to worship you corporately and to lift up your name and to magnify you because indeed you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of glory and honor. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this first Sunday of 2018. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. We bless your holy name. And Lord, as we come today in your house, we ask that you'd breathe afresh upon us. Each of us have different needs today, God. Each of us have different situations in our lives where we need your intervention, where we need your supernatural connection. So God, minister to your people today. Those that are here, and those watching us by the World Wide Web, let everyone be able to give you the praise and the glory and the honor that all would be able to say at the end, it was good for us to be in that service today. We bless your name. We praise your name. We pray for your anointing upon everyone that will participate in the service. We pray for a refreshing presence of God in this place. And we thank you for we ask it in that name that is above every other name. In the name of Jesus and all God's people say, Amen. Let's welcome the worship team this morning. Good morning, church. If I didn't get to tell you, Happy New Year. God is good. He has kept us and brought us to 2018. I can hardly believe it, but God is faithful. Amen. And He's good. Are you ready to praise Him? Are you ready to lift Him up? You, oh, that sounds weak. Are you ready to praise him? Are you ready to give him the glory and honor that he deserves? He is worthy to be praised. Can we say hallelujah in the house of God? Can we say thank you, Jesus? Can we lift his name up? We're going to lift him up this morning. Hallelujah. Praise it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you 
that has been in my spirit and just on repeat great things have any of you been believing God for great things how many of you have been declaring it over your life that God will do great things in 2018 hallelujah if you don't know what you're gonna get familiar with that song today and it just says I'm expecting great things and as we sing it expect God to do something great for you this morning he is able he is faithful and he has the means to do it so trust him as we sing great things. Hallelujah. I'm expecting great things. Hallelujah. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Great things. Hallelujah. That's the song. Let's declare it together. I'm expecting great things. Do you believe that this morning? I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Great things. In my
situation. Amen. 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 If he clothes the lilies on the fields and he cares about the birds in the air, how much more precious to you, to him are you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I pray that this year we want more of his presence. That's one thing we can never get enough of. Amen? It's the presence of God. The song says, let us become more aware of your presence, God. Lord, let us become more aware of your presence. He is here this morning, and we welcome him here. Amen? Can you say, Holy Spirit? Say, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. Let's declare that again. Say, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. When we welcome him in, he is able to do what he has set to do this morning. He has a purpose and a plan, and he's able to do it. When we welcome him in, we're allowing God to fix the things that need to be fixed in us, to change the things that need to be changed in us, to convict us of the things that need to be convicted, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to build us up when we invite him in. So let us welcome him this morning. Hallelujah. There's nothing worth more that would ever come close. No thing can compare to our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord can we sing that together there's nothing worth more no there's nothing worth more that would ever come close Nothing can compare to our living hope. Your presence, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free. My shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Sing, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory. That is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. Overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. There's nothing but more 
because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, amen? If it wasn't for the cross, we wouldn't be here this morning. Because he didn't, he didn't just die, but he rose, amen? amen? So whenever we get distracted, we have to pray, Lord, lead me to Calvary, amen? May our eyes stay fixed on Calvary. There's so many distractions in life, but we can say, God, when my eyes go astray, Lord, lead me back to Calvary. Hallelujah. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be.
above all that we ask or think and whatever your needs are he's able to minister to that today so let's go before him right now let's just ask the Lord to just minister to the various situations in all of our lives and those around us our family our friends and the nation as a whole father we come to you this morning we come boldly to the throne of grace you bid us to come that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Today, Lord God, we recognize that you are the sovereign God in full and complete control of everything. So we come to you because you have the answer. You are the one who is able to do everything that we are, we are needy of. And so this morning as we come, Lord, we ask you to remember us today, to breathe afresh upon each of us, Remember every household today, Father. We pray for those families this morning that have grieved the, love of the loss of their loved one. As you bring before you, Sister Taylor and her lost her father and the family, we pray for the Taylor family, God. We pray for those that you would encourage them and support them and strengthen them. And then, oh God, we pray for the Jenkins family. We ask you to support them and to stand with them. May they know that your Holy Spirit is the great comforter. The one who is able to enfold them in a way that only you can. So we bring these families before you this morning. That grieve the loss of their loved ones. That you would stand with them today. That they would feel your presence, your nearness. And know that nothing shall be able to separate them from your love. And we thank you that you have been faithful. Will remain faithful to them. And will continue to be faithful. So we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Lord, for every individual, every household represented this morning, those watching us by the World Wide Web and those here, you know the needs, God. You know the particular situation in each life. 
You know the circumstances. We ask for your intervention. We ask that you minister as only you can. That your name will be glorified. That you will be lifted up. That you will be exalted. Because indeed the glory belongs to you. The praise belongs to you. Because only you and you alone are able to minister to us in ways that no one else can. We recognize this morning that we are needy people. And our sufficiency lies in you, O oh God. We are relying on you. We are trusting in you. We are depending on you. We are looking to you. And we know that you will not disappoint us. So this morning we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. Our loving Father, we pray, remember our nation. We ask you to remember our leaders and those in authority over us. We ask you to guide them and direct them. To grant them wisdom, Lord, to make right decisions. To pass laws that are fair and just. That we may live peaceable and quiet lives. Oh God, remember all our leaders nationally, at the state level, and even locally, Father. We bring them all before you. And we ask that your hand will be upon them. Lord, as we be begin this new year, we place ourselves in your hands. We recognize that we need you. We recognize that you are the answer. And so, Father, we look to 2018 with you to order our steps and direct our path. You've asked us in your word to not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge you. And you've promised to direct our path. So today, God, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you. And we ask you that you will guide us, even from this very beginning, Father. Guide us and lead us throughout this year. We present ourselves afresh to you this day. And we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you will never turn us away. But you always welcome us. We give you thanks this morning. We give you praise. Lord, we ask you in this service today, let no one leave the way they came. But may you administer to every individual in that particular way that only you can. So we thank you for hearing this morning. We thank you for answering. We thank you for hearing our prayers. But we ask it in that name that is above every other name. In the precious name of Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Let's thank the worship team. Thank them for leading us in his presence this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we are in a nice cold, I would say, right? Or cool, cold. Depends on who you are. Morning in South Florida. It's uh, those from up north says this is just a little lower temperature. Some of us are others saying, oh, this is cold. But we're thankful for the change. Amen. And we're enjoying whatever change God has given us. He knows what we need for whatever time we need it. So we welcome you this morning and glad that you're here. We give God praise for each of you. We know when it gets a little bit below a certain temperature in South Florida, some people are freezed out. <laughs> but you are here this morning. Amen. And we give God praise for you. And we give him thanks. I want to make a couple of announcements this morning. And you have them on your program. And... Uh, we will continue our 21 days of prayer. That means you're praying at home as well. And then there are also corporate days of prayer. We begin, we continue. We did some last week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week. 
We'll continue with corporate prayer this week. It's going to be Monday, tomorrow at 7.30. On Tuesday, uh, it says 7.30. Uh, and Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. All right, so those are the prayer times that we have for this week, the corporate prayer time. So we're inviting you to come out and be a part of that. And then the 10 days of prayer and fasting continues. And so you uh, just feel free to participate as God has led you. And uh, we're suggesting a Daniel fast. And we just ask you, just as we fast and pray and believe God for great things, as we are saying, expecting great things in 2018. Our solemn assembly, as you notice, is going to be on the 21st. And that's going to be from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. or once a year solemn assembly where we have a continuous service during that time. And it says the first fruits offering will be received on that day. Now, I want to remind you, uh, talk about uh, some schedule for the funeral services coming up. On, the, on this Saturday at uh, 9 a.m., we have the funeral service for Sister Jennifer Taylor's dad. And the viewing is at 9, and the service starts at 10 right here this Saturday. Uh, but on next Saturday, which is the 20th, we're going to be having the funeral service held for Brother Herb Jenkins. And I think that if you don't know who he is, some of the, I think the technology people have a picture that they will throw up uh, that you may be able to, I'm not sure how clear it is, um, you'll be able to see who he is. Uh, we have the funeral service for Brother Herb, which will be the 20th at 9 a.m. as well. And, of course, the viewing is at 9, and the service starts at 10 a.m. He served as one of our faithful uh, volunteers who served in the parking ministry and also was participating in technology recently. We want to continue to remember these families in our prayers and to ask God to surround them and to strengthen them. All right, so those are the announcements regarding that. If you still need information, if you forget what the t times are, you can always call the church office, and they'll be able to give you the appropriate times. And, but both services will be held here, uh, one this Saturday for Sister Taylor's dad, and the next Saturday for Brother Herb's uh, home going. All right. Uh, those are the announcements that we have. We are going to get ready to sit around the Lord's table, as today we also have... Uh, Sister Francis has a special one. I'm sorry. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> How could I forget that one? And uh, Mr. Francis has a very special one. You notice how she's dressed today? That it has something to tell you about what she's going to be doing. Amen. Good morning. Um, we announced this before, but some of you may have missed it. But we want to um, introduce you to the newest member of our Francis family. It's our granddaughter, Princess Christine Noel. And that's from Jonathan and Andrea. And just for some of you who may have questions, no, we don't endorse fornication. We still stand for righteousness. But as my son asked me, are you going to kill me? And then I had to think, we're not God. We're parents. And so this morning, I hope you will welcome our little princess, Christine Noel. We love her. We welcome her with joy. Children are a blessing from the Lord, and especially to grandparents. So I want to encourage your struggling young people, find a mature adult, talk to them, 
We here as leaders, we want to be here for you too. God bless you. Enjoy communion. Amen. She's a darling, as you can see. And uh, a heartbreaker, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, we're going to sit around the Lord's table. And if you, I'm going to read a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes into the church at Corinth, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Apostle Paul gives us two opportunities there. He says, let a man examine himself. He's asked each of us to take time to examine ourselves. And then he also admonishes us that we should judge ourselves. And so this morning, with those two things, I want us to just bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord. Let's take some time to examine ourselves and to judge ourselves. Because it says if we judge ourselves, then God would not judge us. Our Father and our God, we've taken time to examine ourselves and found ourselves guilty before you. We've not said things all the time that was right. We've had thoughts that were not appropriate. Our actions and attitude were not always pleasing to you. We do ask your forgiveness, O oh God. We ask you to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your word says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from every sin. So today, we judge ourselves. But we're thankful that you've made provision for us to be made clean. You've made provision for us, for our sins to be forgiven. We exercise those provisions this morning because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We can be made whole. 
So today, we ask you to breathe afresh upon each of us as we prepare ourselves to sit around your table. I'm going to ask Deacon Brown to ask God's blessing on the emblems. Heavenly Father, we come this morning, Lord, knowing, oh God, that we are wretched and bankrupt. We could not do anything for ourselves. But you saw us, oh God, in our sinful state, and you chose to come and die for us. Lord God, your word says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So we thank you, Lord, that you saw us. You were mindful of us, oh God. And you took our sins upon yourself. Lord God, as your body was broken for us, Lord God, we thank you that we can claim healing through what you have done. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the emblems. As we partake, O oh Father God, we pray, Lord God, that you will bring healing to our bodies. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. You're going to be served both emblems. You want to take both and hold them. And then we'll partake together. So as you serve, take both emblems and then hold them. And we'll partake together. Thank you for
when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This morning you hold in your hand that is symbolic of his broken body. And there are many benefits that comes with the communion. As we are ready to partake, the Bible says, By his stripes we are healed. We need to appropriate by faith the benefits and the blessings that come. So this morning, why don't you let your faith rise up and receive with the hand of faith all the provisions that he has made available to us as we sit around the table this morning. Let's eat it together and receive. same man he took the cup and when he had supped he lifted up and said to them this cup represents the new covenant in my blood as often as you drink it you do it in remembrance of me the old covenant of the shed blood of bulls and calves could not remove sin so God created a better covenant covenant established with the blood of Jesus. So this morning, this represents the blood that was shed on Calvary for us. As we partake of it, it comes with many benefits. Let's drink it together. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood shall never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley of the blood that gives me strength. Oh, I'm to die. 
about the blood this morning. Praise God. You may be seated as we get ready to give back to God that which is His. The Bible reminds us and promises the blessing of God. It says, bring all the tithes and offerings to the storehouse and prove me now here with God said, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to contain it. We just walk in obedience to what He says, doing what He asks us to do. So this morning as you give, we're giving back of his own. We're merely managers. We don't own anything, but everything belongs to him. The ushers are coming, and they're going to be receiving this morning the tithes and offering as we give back to him. to ask Deacon Lee to ask God's blessing on you to give us in the gifts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we take time out in the service now, Lord, to worship you with our giving, help us to always remember and recognize that you are Jehovah Jireh, and all that we have, you have provided, Lord. You provided jobs and you provided income for us, Lord, so that we will be able to participate give back to you a portion of what you bless us with. So, Father, we pray that you bless the givers and the gifts, using them for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
time to recognize our first-time guests that are here this morning. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, we want to recognize you and welcome you specially. So if you are, will you please stand so we can give you a living word, open Bible welcome. Anybody for the first time? Nobody? No one for the first time? If you're here for the second time or third time, just wave at me. All right, there are two over there. Welcome them this morning. Glad that you're here. And somebody over there, we welcome you. Praise God. You'll receive a card, and uh, that's a card that you can complete, and uh, we'll collect that from you before you leave uh, this morning. Praise God. Well, it's uh, one of those days that um, I'm not hearing myself very well. So I'm not really sure whether I'm shouting or I'm speaking too soft. I just have no idea. And I may pronounce some words wrongly because I can't hear what I'm saying. So it's a little bit challenging this morning, isn't it? So I'll try my best to uh, not say the wrong thing. But if you have your Bible with you, <laughs> sounds loud a while ago, um, if you turn your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 13, I want to read a passage of scripture from there, and then also from Matthew chapter 6, Exodus chapter 13, reading from verse 11 to verse 18, Exodus chapter 13, reading from verse 11 through verse 18, and I'll read and you can follow, and it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of a man among your sons you shall redeem. So it shall be when your sons ask you in the time to come, what is this that you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlet between your eyes, for by strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. And then Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them and literal medicine unto all flesh. We ask that you would speak to us today on this very first Sunday of 2018. We invite your Holy Spirit to do something supernatural in every life for those of us that are here and those watching us by the world wide web. Holy Spirit, I'm totally dependent on you relying on you, trusting in you, and looking to you. We ask you that you would do what only you can. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In a recent survey taken right here in the United States, 
They asked Americans, how, what are your expectations for 2018? What do you anticipate? And there were many different answers to that. The percentage of answers in terms of some people thinking it's going to be a better year. Some people, only 27% thought it was going to be a better year. They had some people, 18% thought, 18 thought it was going to be a worse year. And on and on the, the, the survey went. And what we finally, if you summed up the survey, you would say that less than half of the Americans believe that 2018 is going to be a better year. But if I ask you this morning, would you want to make your life better in 2018? I believe every hand would go up. Amen? Yes, we want to make our life better. And it would seem as if to make our life better would simply be getting more of what you want, such as maybe a better paying job for somebody, maybe for somebody else having a loving spouse and children, somebody else good health, somebody else more money to buy a bigger home or a newer car or whatever you'd like. However, enjoying the best of life possible isn't about what you get, rather, however, but rather it's about what directs your life. It isn't about what you get, but it's about what directs your life. And here's something you need to recognize. That's because whatever force has first place in your life drive your decisions and shape your future. Whatever is the for driving force in your life, it's going, to drive, it's going to determine your decisions and it's going to shape your future. Did you notice that so many things in life clamor for our attention and our devotion, such as our jobs, our kids, our spouses, our hobbies, the demands of daily life. And we have to be careful not to let these become more important than the number one priority in our life which is our relationship with God. Now you and I need to realize and to accept the fact that no one or no thing has a greater impact on your life than God the creator of the universe. No one or nothing in your life has a greater impact on your life and my life than God. Whether you acknowledge him or not, it doesn't matter if people acknowledge him or doesn't acknowledge him, it's still going to have an impact on your life. One way or the other, you cannot, you cannot just exclude God and nothing happens. You either include him or exclude him, and in either decision, it's going to impact your life. You see, the first commandment, the first of the Ten Commandments in the Bible says, you shall have no other gods before me. And then Deuteronomy, he says, you must not make yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens and on the earth or in the sea. You must bow down. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. And this is what Isaiah says. Isaiah reporting what God says. He says in Isaiah 44 and verse 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Here's what God says. I am first, and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. He understands that. God understands that. And it's important that you and I come to understand that there is no one beside him. 
And the earlier we really recognize that and begin to function our lives around that concept that God should be first, we're going to see a huge difference in the way things turn out in our lives. But there's so many things competing for our attention. No matter what the obstacles you, are, you have, no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, one thing should always remain your number one priority, and that is your relationship with God. If you and I maintain our faith in God and strive to put him first, can I tell you, the Bible teaches us that everything else will fall into place. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is that? The rule of God over our lives. That's what it means, the kingdom of God. The rule of God's over our life. If we seek first the rule of God over our lives, he says, then he will add everything else that we need unto us. So this morning, as we begin a new year, it gives us an opportunity to turn the pages of, on life, to forget the failures of 2017, to forget the mistakes of 2017, to forget the, re the regrets of 2017, and to make a fresh start. If you have never initiated that critical relationship with God, wherein He is your Lord and Savior, you need to do that today. You need to do that as soon as possible. Let me tell you why, and then tell you how. First of all, the Bible teaches us that God is a holy God. He's a holy God. And he's also a perfect God. Now, when he made man, he made us perfect. But we walked in disobedience. Our forefathers, they walked in disobedience. And when they walked in disobedience, sin comes in. And sin has a consequence. The Bible tells us, that the wages of sin is death. The consequence of sin is death. And you know, God, when he made us, he made us to live with us eternally. That was his plan when he made man. It was to live with us eternally. And so God has never lost that desire to live with us eternally. He always still wants to do that. And even when we sinned in the Garden of Eden, when our forefathers sinned in the Garden of Eden, and the fellowship was broken with God, it was still his desire to live with us eternally. And so, there's this problem now, though, because a holy God cannot live with a sinful person. It is like oil and water. Have you ever tried to mix oil and water? No matter how much you shake it up together, you can never keep oil and water together. You could shake it and shake it and shake it. As soon as you stop, they're going to start what? Separating. Well, that's the same thing with a holy God and a sinful man. So, what, so God had to do something in order to spend eternity with us, which was his original plan, which is, his, is always his desire. So we have a problem. We have a sin problem. That's where Jesus Christ came in. And so Jesus came in to deal with our sin problem. So what did God do? Remember, the ways of sin is death. So what did he do? He sent Jesus to die in our place. He took our place. He died in our place. And so when I, as a sinner, acknowledge that Christ died in my place and paid the penalty for my sins, then what God does is that the Bible says he then gives us the righteousness of Christ. And when he looks at us, we no longer have that sinfulness that would exclude us from the relationship with him, but he sees now the righteousness of Christ in us. That's why the Bible says in John 1:12. But as many as receive him, accept Christ.
To them he gave the right to become the children of God. That's, what, that's how you and I can have that kind of relationship. We must receive Christ. There's no other way. The Bible says there's only one way. There's not two ways. There's not some other way. There's not another way. There's only one way to make right with God. It is by faith in Jesus Christ as a Savior. So I want to say to you this morning, that's how you start that relationship with God. Therefore, no matter what your situation has been to this point, this is the time for you to experience a new release of God's presence and the provision of all that He has as you begin this new year. A new release of His presence, His provision, His protection for your household, your family, your marriage, your career, your protection, your, your, all that you would need, God is able to provide. And it all starts with a relationship with Him. What kind of relationship is that? It's a relationship where He is first. You know, God does not take second place. He doesn't believe in second place. God is not a God that believes that little love is better than no love at all. He wants all or none at all. It's the reason why in Revelation he says, if you're going to be hot, be hot. And if you're going to be cold, be cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm not into that. I'm going to spew you out. Because I'm not interested in a little love or, or you know, I, it's either me all the way or not me at all. And that's for us sometimes it's a challenge, isn't it? Because we don't mind dividing ourselves with all our different interests. But not God. God says, I need to be first. Now here's the thing about it. He deserves to be first. Do you know that? He's entitled to be first. Because number one, you and I would not be here except because of what? Of God. It is He why we exist. And why do we exist? The Bible says we exist because we cre He created us for Himself. If God created us for Himself, then it only stands to reason that really He has the right to be first in our lives. So this morning... Are you ready to live the high call in life that God has meant for you to live? Are you ready to live an ultimate life with purpose and provision and blessing and the fullness of his presence? And it doesn't matter where you are today or what your situation is. This God that I serve, this amazing God, is able to take you into that situation if you and I will just make one decision, and that is to put him first. One of the most foremost principles in the word of God that we see over and over again, is God being first. The passage that we read this morning, you will notice that he says, the firstborn of any animal is mine. The firstborn of a human being is mine. The only difference is that with a human being, he says, redeem it. Buy it back, because he doesn't believe in killing human beings. That, and so, but he says, everything that opens the womb, the first, is mine. And you'll notice that over and over again, in the word of God, he's talking about the first belongs to him. God says first things must be first. You will not experience the fullness or the abundance of life or the promises of God without the foundation of God being first. It is prioritizing his presence in your life. It is the order and accurate arrangement of things. 
The principle of God first provides the foundation and the structure of God's blessing in our lives. To be in alignment with what God has for us, we must start the year off as, as instructed by the word, by obeying God's holy principle of him being first. Now here's the thing. What we learn from, we need to learn from the scripture, how did God teach the people in the Bible to put him first? How did, they, how did he teach them? He had one primary principle that he used. They were an agricultural society. And God used the principle of first fruits. That's how he taught them that he should be first. They were very agricultural. They didn't have manufacturing plants and other things as we do today. They didn't go into different areas of, of business and other things. They were primarily agricultural. They planted their crops, and that was what they had. That was what they sustained, sustained them. That's what they sold and got money. That's what they lived on. And so he says to them in Leviticus 23, verse 10, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you, and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. So God says, when you plant your crops, the first harvest, the first portion that you reap, that belongs to God. And so they had to bring that to the priest. The priest would hold it up before the Lord. And he, the priest would stand. And as, they, as he holds it up before the Lord, it would be in representing the offering that they brought to God himself. And so this is one of the ways that he taught them that they should be first. Now in Nehemiah chapter 10, the Bible says, And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees, year by year to the house of the Lord. Listen to this. To bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks to the house of our God, to the priest who minister into the house of our God. And listen to this. To the first fruits of our dough, the first fruits of the... When they, when they reap the harvest, the first gathering of the wheat, and then they made dough out of that to make the bread, the first portion of dough belongs to God. I mean, he says to them, the first of anything you do, the first child, the first, the first of the, born of any cattle, the first lamb, everything, the first belongs to me. He was trying to teach them, the way you put me first is to give me first of whatever you're involved with. Whatever your occupation, whatever you're doing, I want to be first. Give me first. That tells me that you put me first. You remember the woman at Samaria, the woman at uh, 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 Zarephath with Elijah, that she, Elijah sent down, that was sent by God to this widow to be supported by her. And he arrived and this woman had just, you remember, just a little bit of meal left and a little bit of oil, and she was out gathering sticks to go make the fire, to make that last cake. That's how Elijah saw her, and asked her for a little bit of water. And as she was going to get in the water, he says, 
and make me a little cake. And first, and she said, I just have a little bit. All I have is one little bit of oil and a little bit of meal to make one cake. And if I make it, you can only make one cake. And Elijah says, well, make me one first. And she could have disobeyed because she knew that after she gave, her the one, gave him the one, on a, on a normal circumstances, nothing would be left. But God, through the prophet, said, make me a cake first because after you do that, your barrel will never run empty. The oil will be full and the, and the meal will be plenty, but you've got to give it to me first. Now that woman could have decided, I don't believe you. I'm not, I'm not, I, my experience is that if I, all the time when I have my stuff, if I use the last of it, it's gone. So I'm not going to take the chance and give to you first. You know, but she did. She did. She made that cake, and when she made that cake and left the home, there was no meal left in the, in, the, in, the, in the barrel. There was no oil left in the bottle. When she left home with that cake and she gave it to the man of God. And then he says, now go home and make for you and your family. Now she remembered that when she left home, that it was empty. But when she got back home, what a, what a joy. What a rejoicing. Because the, the barrel was full with meal and the oil bottle was full. And the Bible says they made as much as they want to eat every day and it never ran out. But you know what? There's something that the Jesus said in the New Testament that really is critical. You know what he said? What you and I need to take note of? He said there were many widows in Israel. That same day, when God instructed Elijah, but, Jesus says, he didn't send him to that particular, to this widow over there, or that widow over there, or that widow over there. He sent him to that widow. Why? Because God saw the heart of that widow, that that widow was willing to give up what is first and give it to God first. So that's how he was going to provide for his servant. He had to find a widow that had a heart and was willing to say, I am going to put God first. And because she did, she was blessed. My friends, this morning, as you begin 2018, you and I need to learn, we need to put God first. He deserves to be first. That's how we're going to set the stage for 2018. That's how you and I are going to set the stage for what will follow in 2018. We need to give him first. In the passage we read, it says, Every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord. And so it is that God wants to be first. Now, you know, first fruits in Hebrew has a particular meaning. Here's what it means. It literally means promise to come. In other words, when you give God the first fruits, this is the promise of what is to come. You are actually saying to God, I'm giving you this on the base of the promise of what is to come. But you have to act in obedience. 
Because first fruits is never easy. You know, how many people, really, isn't it you have your mango tree or you have your whatever tree you have and you see it growing and it's having those fruits, you are longing for the day when the winters start ripening, the mangoes start ripening, isn't it? And you, I, I, you want to enjoy that first fruit. And yet God was saying to them, take that first fruit and bring it to me because it is mine first. Then you can have the rest. You know, the greatest test, this first fruit thing, was when the children of Israel, you remember, they stayed 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. Now listen to, follow, follow me now. 40 years they were in the wilderness. And for 40 years, morning, noon, and night, they ate manna. One thing. Can you imagine eating chicken every day? Chicken in the morning, chicken at noon, chicken at night. Not just for one day, not for one week, not for one month, not for 12 months, not for two years, not for 15 years, not for 20 years. 40 years. The same meal. How about those who complain? Do we have to have this again? Some of you tell me, I heard some people say, I don't eat, I can't take another sip of this thing because that's all my mother used to feed me on when I was a child. And I had enough of it. I, sometimes people talk about different things that they don't eat anymore. And they said, if I ever see one more piece of chicken, I'm going to cluck. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that we look at things and we say, I don't want any more of that. Well, think about that. 40 years, they've been eating the same thing. Then they arrived in Jericho. And God gave them deliverance over Jericho. And in Jericho, they're now out of the wilderness. They're into the city. They see lamb. They see, they see cows. They see food. They see all kinds of different things. Now they've seen all these things. And God said, oops, wait a minute. Don't you touch anything. Because this is the first city that you're conquering. And everything in it belongs to me. Because I want to teach you that I must be first. They were longing to eat some good piece of meat, brother. They were longing to eat something different. They were longing to taste something different. And they saw all of this when they first city they conquered. And I can't imagine intense desire in their hearts and in their mind. But God said, uh-uh, none of it belongs to you. This is the first city. It all belongs to me. Do you see the discipline God is trying to instill in them? The importance of him being first. And you know the story how one man could not resist. He saw the gold. He saw the garments. He says, oh my gosh, I have been in the wilderness for 40 years. I've never seen some beautiful garments. And I see what this gold can buy. And, what the, and so he took it and hid it under his tent. And you know, interesting. He didn't tell anybody. To him, it was a secret. But I want to show you something about God. Because it's important for us to know. And so they went to battle. And the enemy defeated them. And, and, and Joshua realized something is wrong. We're not supposed to lose. 
If God is on our side, we cannot lose. So he went to God and said, what happened, God? How come the enemy beat us? God said, sin is in the camp. And, 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 and he, Joshua said, what do you mean by sin in the camp? God says, yes, there is sin in the camp. So they began to cast lots to determine who, what tribe. Finally, the tribe of Achan was, was, was chosen. Then they began to cast lots again. And the next thing they know is that Achan was chosen. And Joshua says to him, son, tell the truth. What happened? He says, I really, I sinned against God. I saw the Babylonian garment. And I saw that gold. And I couldn't resist it. And I took it and hid it and put it right under my tent. And Joshua sent some people and said, go check it out. They checked it out. They brought it back. And he says, it's true. You know what God says to do with them? Because here's the thing. Because the first belongs to God, if you take what is God's, there is a curse that comes on you that nobody can stop it. So then they took him. Now, this is interesting. I don't know if his wife knew about it. I don't know if his children knew about it. But they said, take him, him, his children, his wife, his donkeys, his oxen, his tent, his clothes, his shoes, his sandals, his everything that he has, throw them into the valley, stone them to death, and then burn them. Gone. One man. But you know what, what, what you and I need to really focus on? Is that he thought nobody was looking. See, that's a critical thing. We think we can get away because I'm doing this with nobody. No, nobody is seeing me. Oh, no, no, my friend. God is. The most important person is watching. The most important person who you should really be focusing on is seeing everything and nothing misses God. He misses nothing. He misses nothing. And so we have to be very careful. And so God was teaching them, first is mine. And so that's why God says, bring all the tithes and offering into the storehouse and prove me. Because he says in Levit Leviticus, he says, the tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's. The tenth, the first part of what we earn, belongs to God. That's just the way God has set it up. He set it up. And you and I have to learn to trust him that he's going to provide for us and take care of us with the 90% that is left. But he says the 10% belongs to me first. Bring it to me, he says. Prove me. Prove me. Just as if he was saying to the others, test me on this. The same thing he said that happened to the woman at Zarephath. The widow at Zarephath, the same thing. Will you, will you prove God? Will you be as obedient as she is? She said, he said to her, make me the cake first. That was a, that was someone who said, that's risky. But she says, I'm going to trust what he says. And God says, bring me the tithe first because it is mine. And, 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 and you know, in this one, God is very clear. He says, if you take the tithe, he says, there's a curse that comes upon you. Now, it's not the church cursing you. It's not somebody else wishing you bad. My friend, you and I need to understand, 
I don't want any curse to follow me. I don't want God to curse me because if God curse you, nobody can help you. I don't care which government you have or what connections you have or what family relationship you have. If God curses you, nobody can help you nowhere in the world. So I don't want God curse on me. So I got to walk in obedience. That's what we're talking about. We're walking in obedience. So we got to bring the tithes and offering into his storehouse, which keeping first things first. That's what it is. Keeping first things first. This is what Proverbs 3, 9 to 10 says. Honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's the Old Testament way of speaking. What does it mean in the New Testament? It means when you give God the first fruits of all your increase, your income, he says then your, 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 your financial situation and your storehouse, your homes, your resources will be plenty and whatever you have will actually overflow when you walk in obedience with God. We hinder ourselves when we don't really exercise what God says by putting him first and giving him what belongs to him. He wants, he has set up a system that based on the principle of first fruits. But here's something you need to notice. There's a word that God uses, and now let me read it for you. In Numbers chapter 18, verse 30, it says, Whatever first ripe fruit is in their land which they bring to the Lord, listen to the word bring, shall be yours. And Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 35, And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and first fruits of all the trees year by year. Nehemiah 10, 37, To bring the first fruits of our door and our offerings the fruit of all kinds of trees, the new wine, oil, the priest, and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites. To bring, to bring. Why to bring? Why to bring? Let me explain why to bring. See, this is our brother's Bible. I am going to bring it back to him. So the Bible does not say, give your tithes. It doesn't say, give the first fruits. It doesn't say, give the first fruits of your doll. It does not use the word give. It uses the word bring. Why? Because, my friend, in the same way that I took what is his, I cannot give him what belongs to him. I can only bring it. So God says, bring the tithes. Why? He didn't say, give the tithes. You bring it, and I bring it, because what? It belongs to him. I cannot give you what is already yours. I can only bring it to you. If you own it, I can only... This is yours, not mine. If I took it, I'd steal it. Right? I'd be a thief. But I have to. I can bring it back to you. 
So that's why the Bible uses the word bring, because it is, belongs to God. Now, you know, a young lady, um, she was dating this young man, and her father's a pastor. And she went to her father, and she says, my boyfriend wants to know if you check the tithing of every man that dates your daughter. And the pastor says, yes. And she says, why do you do that, daddy? She says, I never want my daughter to be married to a thief. So she, <laughs> because if you don't pay your tithes, you are what the Bible says, you are what? Robbing God. You see, I'm robbing God because I can only rob God if it belongs to whom? And that's what the Bible says in Malachi. He says, many of you have robbed me, God says. And they said, how do we rob you? And God says, in tithes and offering you have robbed me. And the only way you can rob somebody, I can't rob you of something that belongs to me. Even if you took it from me and I came back for it, it still belongs to me. Once I take it from you, I still have not robbed you because it is mine. But you have robbed me, God said. And so it is that we need to understand this whole matter of first. God wants to be first. Putting God first in everything. Abel. Abel had a problem. And so with Cain, they were asked to bring their first things to God. You see, what the Bible says is that Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock. But you know what it says about Cain? And Cain brought some of his provision. It never said the first. See, that's the reason why Abel's offering was acceptable to God versus Cain's offering. Abel brought of the first fruits of his crops. Cain brought, yes, he brought something, but he brought not the first. He just brought some of what he had. And God says, no, no, no. For me to know that you are, that you consider me first, you always have to give me first. That's how I know that you really believe I am first in your life. Because how else would God know that he is first? We don't have any other way to really show him that he's first. But in terms of what resources he has given us, we put him first. That's one way, rather. One key way is to do that. Now, there are some other ways that we can give God first, that we can show that God is first, and that is in our prayer, in praying. When we give God the first thoughts of our day, when we give God the first part of our day, as we pray, we talk with him before we do anything else every day. Pray without ceasing for your family for financial recovery and blessing, for healing, for your needs. And God will honor your faithfulness, regardless of our busy day-to-day -day life and schedule and tasks. Let's make time for God. Prayer is our way of connecting with God and allowing Him to be the center of our life. During prayer, you'll be able to talk to God and discuss any concerns that you have. You'll also be able to find peace on a daily basis. 
versus waiting until you attend church. You'll find that prayer will be a time where you'll be able to see the bigger picture. David said, look what David said. David said in Psalm 119 and 164, it's amazed me. He says, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgment. And then he goes on to say, great peace have those who love your law. And nothing causes them to stumble. Prayer is so critical. And you remember Daniel? When Darius, the king, made a decree because these people chumped up something against Daniel, they said, we want you to pass a decree that for the next 30 days, nobody must pray to any other god but you. And when Daniel heard the news, the Bible says, Daniel went up to his, home, his room, opened the window towards the east, and knelt down and prayed three times a day as he normally did. Didn't bother him. That's how Daniel ended up in the lands then. Because he was praying, because he was consistent, because he never gave up. And look at what happened to him. My friends, when you are faithful with God, he is going to back you up. So Daniel was faithful to God. Then they threw, they kept the lions hungry. They made them hungry for days. And they threw Daniel down into the den in the midst of all these hungry lions. And not one of them touched him. And you know, after the next day when they called out Daniel and Daniel came out, the king says, okay, bring up those men who trumped up those charges against Daniel. And the Bible says they threw them down into the lion's den. And the word of God says, before they landed to the bottom, the lions were already devouring them. Same hungry lions. But when God is with you, when you focus on putting him first, his word is true. As we begin 2018, I want to emphasize the importance of putting him first. Jesus, the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Jesus thought it was important to give the first part of his day Early in the morning, this is long before it was daylight, he got up and he found a solitary place and he began to talk to the Father. So prayer, we can give, put God first through our praying. We can also put God first by our planning. When you make it your weekly practice to say on the Lord's day, I'm going to plan my life so that on the Lord's day, I'm in the church, I'm in the I'm in God's house with God's people to worship him. And I'm not going to let anything come between me and that. I am, as much as possible within me, I am going to plan and order my life in such a way that I wanted to show God that he is first. And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. But the Bible says, Exhort one another not to do so, so much the more as you see the day approaching. God is saying we need to encourage one another to not forsake. When you see somebody missing from church, you need to say, what happened to you? That's why we check on different ones. Because God says, as you see the day approaching when the coming of the Lord is near, it's even more important to encourage us to come together. Because iron sharpens iron. When we stand together and we pray for one another and encourage one another and, and build one another up, we make it a plan. Proverbs 16 says, 
We, may, we can make our plans, but the final outcome is in God's hands. Did you know that? Somebody says, man is planning, but God is what? Pulling. Somebody says, man is planning, but God's pulling. Here's the thing. The Bible says we can make every plans we want. But the final outcome is in only one person's hand. It's not in the government's hand. It's not in your boss's hand. It's not in your company's hand. It's not in your relative's hand. It is only in God's hand. He has the final say. If he has the final say, why would I leave him out? How could I exclude him? I need to go to him first. That's why Proverbs 22 and verse 5 says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. So the question comes this morning. Where do you want to be 355 days from today? Getting from here to there requires a prayerful plan. Seek in God for a clear directive for our lives. Proverbs 4, 3, 4 to 6 says, If you want favor with both God and man, and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. In everything you do, that's what the Bible says, in everything you do, put God first. And he will direct you and crown your effort with success. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 4 to 6. When we do what it says. And then the final thing we can do, we can put God first through our prayer. We can put God first through our planning. And we can put God first through our planting. When you give your first fruits offering, you're planting a seed for the remainder of the year. Everything you have is a gift from God. Everything we have is a gift from God. You want to have an option. We can keep it, or we can sow it for an even greater harvest. There is no, there is a greater portion awaits you and I when we put God first. My friends, make it your goal in 2018 to have a deep, intimate relationship with God. Let him into every area of your life. Don't look to other people. For answers or validation. Pray about this and ask God to help you to stop running somewhere else. As we live to please God, He promises to bless our lives and to make us prosper. When you and I decide to serve God with all our hearts and make Him first in our life, your soul will prosper, your joy and your peace will increase. Remember, to lean on him more than anything else. And tell him, God, I want to do this. But I can't do it without you. And he doesn't expect you to. He doesn't expect you and I to do it in our own strength and our own ability. He understands when we make mistakes. And so when you make mistakes, you don't stop there. You, you, you get up. We make mistakes. We mess up. Don't become discouraged. It's time to say, God, I messed up, but I want to get back in a relationship with you. He's a God of grace, a God of forgiveness, a God who cares. And one day at a time, you and God together can do anything in 2018.
but we need to put him first. I want you to stand together with me this morning. I'm going to ask the technology people to put on the overhead number 278, higher ground. It says, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. The higher ground this morning is putting him first in everything, in every area. I want to suggest that as we sing this, let's all of us gather around the altar as a way of saying, God, we're all pressing on. We're all planning to put you first in 2018. Let us make a commitment on this first Sunday of 2018 that we're deciding, God, yes, I'm going to put you first in my life. That's my way of pressing on the upward way. That's how I'm going to gain new rights as I put you first. As we sing it, Worship team, you gotta help me. I can't raise it. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining. New heights I'm gaining. Every day. Every day. Oh yes. Still praying as I onward bound. Oh Lord. Lord, plant my yes, Lord. feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up. Lord, lift me up. And let me stand. And let me stand. It's by faith. By faith on heaven. The stable land. A higher plane. A higher plane.
to scale. I want to scale the utmost height. The utmost height. And catch a gleam of glory bright. And catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I pray to heaven I found. But still I pray till heaven I found. Oh Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, Because the word of God says what seek ye first. The rule of God over your life. The kingdom of God. And then all and his righteousness. And all other things that you need. Will be added to you. Whatever you're thinking that you want changes for 2018. Whatever you desire that God would do for you in 2018. He's saying it all begins with you seeking me first for he is the ruler he has first rule over our life which means we're walking in obedience to his word he says I must be first he says I don't take second place I'm not second fiddle I only take first place put me first I made you for myself. You belong to me. You're the reason why I'm a, you're alive because of me. I put you here for a purpose and a plan. I need to be first in your life. You know what that means? He comes before me. He comes before you. He is first. We're not first. That's the challenge we have. That's the problem we have. We make ourselves first. And we have to switch that around. We get a chance at a new year to turn the pages and not make that same mistake in 2018. But to say, God, from the very outset, from the very beginning, this is the reason why this word is for us this morning, is that we're laying the foundation of saying, what is the... What is the key principle in God's word that you see over and over and over, repeated, repeated so many times? It is that he wants to be first. It what is, that's the critical issue. If you put God first, my friends, it doesn't mean that you won't have challenges. It doesn't mean that you won't have difficulties. 
But the Bible says that he, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, what? Delivers him out of what? Them what? All. Yes, there will be challenges because that's how he's going to grow us. That's how he's going to build our character. But he must be first. And that's how the blessings flow. When he is first. Because when he is first, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't matter what else. Whatever is happening, we don't understand. We can't figure out. It still works together for good because he's first. That's why this morning, this time is important. I want you to lift your hands right now. And I'm going to call that attention to us. Father God, all over this place, we're lifting our hands together. We're lifting our hands to you because you live in the heavens. And we want you to know that we have made a commitment today to put you first. To do everything with you first. To talk to you first in the morning. To plan with you first. To prepare with you first. To discuss our fears with you first. Lord, in everything, to give to you first. And to give you what is yours. Father God, we are committing ourselves to make you first in 2018. That our lives would reflect by your grace and by your mercy and by your help. That all that we do or say would reflect that you are indeed first. That we're going to seek you first and your righteousness. We're going to seek your rule first over our lives. We're giving ourselves afresh to you on this very first Sunday of 2018. We present ourselves afresh. We say, God, be first. Say it with me, Lord, be first. We make you first. And for somebody today, maybe you've never made that decision of accepting Christ. Why don't you do that now? Be the first right now. Make him first right now by doing that. You receive Christ as Savior. That's how you first begin the process of making Him first. You've got to begin that process by accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. Is there somebody today that would say, Pastor, I want to begin 2018 by making Him the Savior of my life. If you're one of those this morning, I'm standing right here just make your way to me right here so I can pray for you. If there's somebody like that, if you've never done so, but you need to do so, I don't want you to leave without the opportunity of doing that. Somebody's making the way. Come on, make your way for them. This is your chance to come. If there's somebody you've never done that, or maybe you want to renew that commitment today, this is important. You're starting on the first Sunday of a new year. It's a chance to turn the page on your life. 
It's an opportunity to say, God, I'm going to be first in my life. If you're somebody else. If you're somebody else, slip. Just come right here quickly. If you're somebody else, just come and stand where you're with with this lady. I want to give you the chance before we close. All right. Come closer. I want you to say after me, dear Lord Jesus. On this first Sunday of 2018, I acknowledge my need of you. I recognize that you died on the cross of my sins. And I need a Savior. And by faith, I receive you and accept you as my Savior and Lord. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. Cleanse me today. Give me a fresh start. From this day forward, by your grace, with your help, I want to make it to spend eternity with you. Thank you for hearing and answering. In Jesus' name. Lord, a hand. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven when one person comes to Christ. Because what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his soul? My friend, when it's all said and done, the most important thing is what's happening to my soul. Where am I going to spend eternity? That's the critical part. It's all well and good. You may make money and live well on earth. You could live to a hundred years. That's all it is. It's not, it's just, but then there is eternity. That's why this decision is so critical. If you didn't make it as you drive home and the Spirit of God convict you, make it in your car. Make it in your bed. Make it wherever you are, but you need to make it as soon as possible. For the rest of us, I'm going to pronounce the benediction. And we are going to dismiss us to our various classes. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace in 2018. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Give somebody a hug or a handshake. Bless somebody today.